Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. In a world that's perfect lies a perfect little town where one team stands alone. But now, something's stirring that will change this place forever. Perfect. Welcome to Perfectville, your first place podcast for your Miami Dolphins, now part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network and the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. I am your host, Sam Marcu, and he is the two-time, yes, two-time Hall of Famer. Of course, I'm talking about none other than Christopher Cullen. Chris, how in the hell are you, my friend? Ooh, long time no talk, buddy. It is, uh, I'm fantastic, actually. I Just coming off a three-day weekend, I'm a banker, so we do not open uh, on holidays that, such as President's Day, which today is. So I had the day uh, with my son. We got to lounge around, hang out, have some Chinese food, and play some video games. It was great. Well, there you go. And as you said, we are recording this on President's Day. And much like how we run presidential elections here in the United States, we have come out with an episode once every four years. And every single time we do that, <laughs> Chris, it is just like a presidential election, not without controversy. This one will be no different. This episode here, ladies and gentlemen, citizens of Perfectville, Chris and I are going to be putting on our presidential hats. That's right. We are going to assume the role as co-presidents of the Miami Dolphins and give you our five-point plan here on President's Day on how we make the Miami Dolphins 2020 Super Bowl contenders, if not Super Bowl champions. But before we do that, we do have to take a quick minute here, Chris, and just acknowledge something that's happened here in the Miami Dolphins universe, in the podcast universe, in the friend universe. Uh, Former mayor of Perfectville, if you want to call him that, former uh, citizen of Perfectville, former employee of WelcomeToPerfectville.com, had branched out a couple years ago on his own, uh, was writing, podcasting, doing his own thing, has become quite popular amongst not only the Miami Dolphins Twitterverse, but the football universe in general, Uh, recently announced his departure from the Locked on Dolphins podcast. Uh, Of course, we're talking about none other than Travis Wingfield, who I don't think Chris, uh, at this point, has announced where he is landing next. Uh, You know, as well as I know, where he is going. I think all of his fans, his listeners, his uh, uh, viewership, readership, whatever you want to call it, his Travis Wingfield ship is really going to appreciate (laughs) where he lands next. But uh, I wanted to say shout out and congratulations to Travis for all of his success and his continued success going forward. I have no doubt that where he goes next, um, people are going to like it as soon as they find out about it. Well, my dad always told me uh, the cream always rises to the top, and there is no better way to have proof in that pudding than Travis because he works his ass off. Uh, he just is diligent, and he is constantly working. He always has been, even back on like the forums, uh, like Fin Heaven and the Fins. Like he would do breakdowns and write ups and stuff. And this is what he's wanted for a long, long time. He's got a lot of awesome stuff happen to him personally and now professionally, and I couldn't be happier for him. He's a, he's a great dude. He is a great dude, and he's a good friend of ours, and uh, I think before too long I'm going to have a chance to see him uh, in person again and give him a great big hug and a smooch on the forehead uh, and congratulate him in person for all the fun stuff that he is doing, has done, and will continue to do. But with all of that out of the way, Chris, it is time for us to be the presidents. It is time for us to step to the podium and let all of the citizens of Perfectville, people, our constituency that has counted on us, 
for nearly four years now to bring them the best or at least some of the best news and coverage of the Miami Dolphins. Okay, that's all horse shit. We like <laughs> to have fun, and that's what we're doing right now. Chris and I are going to put on the co- co-presidency hats here, and we're going to give you our five-point plan. That's right, five points on how to make the Miami Dolphins Super Bowl contenders in 2020. That's right, going from last place all the way to the big dance in one offseason. Chris and I have the plan. We're here to share it with you. Chris, why don't you go first? Number five. Sure, I'll start with the big hog molly, Sam. We have to really get our trenches uh, going on the offensive side of the ball. We're, we're, we're thinking about locking up God Chow, and of course we uh, got um, our, our boy from Clemson in the first pick um, last last season, so our defensive line is looking pretty good uh, other than pass rush, but I'll, I'll stick with the offensive line here. We have to reshape that. We have to get some young studs in there that are just workhorses that are going to give whoever is quarterback and running back time to throw holes to run through and it all starts and stops with the offensive line so we have to reshape that offensive line utilizing free agency uh trades draft picks what have you we have to do that it is of uh, utter importance for us yeah i would agree with you i mean i was reading something recently about the buffalo bills rebuild and as much as we hate the buffalo bills uh, we cannot deny that they have improved over the last couple of years because they've stuck to their plan of just getting assets getting people in the trenches getting pieces on that offensive line that fit together well enough that they can actually run offensive plays outside of sandlot schoolyard you know throw it up to Devonte parker plays which the miami dolphins did in 2019 ad nauseum granted they were successful and fun but that's not a way to sustainly win in the NFL long term. You're right. We have probably one, if not two pieces on the offensive line right now that I think we can pencil in, if not put in pen for the 2020 season. But you need, as we all know, Chris, seven, eight, nine offensive linemen to at least be decent because you have people that are injured. You have jumbo packages. You have people that you have to swap in and out for whatever reason. And if we only have two of those eight to nine pieces, that means we have a lot of work to do. I agree with you. We have to spend assets on not only the offensive line through free agency, but also maybe perhaps a trade and also with the NFL draft. So I am 100% agree with you. Number five out of our five is to spend our assets and resource on the offensive line, get some more building blocks and pieces in there so that the people around them, the quarterbacks, the running backs, the wide receivers, the tight ends, etc., can actually shine and do what they do best, which is get the football, run real fast down into the end zone and spike that thing in the Jets' face. That's number five. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Number four. Number four. I'm going to go ahead and chop in there. The Miami Dolphins right now have about 93 to $98 million in cap room. Uh, they mm. have by far the most amount of salary cap room in the NFL, but I don't think it's enough, Chris. I think we have to make some decisions here that are going to uh, pop- probably hurt some old-school Miami Dolphins fans, people that have watched this team and followed a few players for a very long time. And, of course, I'm talking about not only – Albert Wilson, who has been injured for the last couple of years and really doesn't fit this offense the way he did when Adam Gase was here. He was really an Adam Gase choice. I don't think Albert Wilson has a long-term future with the Miami Dolphins. I think we have to part ways with him, get some cap relief from his salary. And then on the defensive side of the ball, I think we have to make this tough decision to go away from Rashad Jones. And I mm. think uh, that's a that's a tough one. You just said it, Chris. You just went, mm, and that's what a lot of people listening to this are thinking right now. But you cut those two veterans. You cut those two players that have been on injured. Uh, maybe you've been a little bit on the malcontent side for the last few years, very outspoken, really don't fit 
right now, uh, at least their talent, their skills don't fit with what we're trying to do here with the Miami Dolphins here in 2020. I think you cut those two players. You get yourself over $100 million in cap room that you can go talk to free agents, be it offensive line from number five or anywhere else, and say, look, we have over $100 million to spend. Yes, we're, we're bad now, but we, were, we won five games unexpectedly with the roster that you see around you because Albert Wilson and Rashad Jones didn't do that. They didn't win those five games. So you get rid of those guys. You don't lose anything in terms of your win total, but you do gain cap relief. You do gain over $100 million to go out, shop, and go get yourself some talent through free agency. I think that's number four. You have to make some tough decisions and cut some veterans like Albert Wilson and Rashad Jones. Yeah, that's a tough one, and I did, um, I, I did react there. Like I, I believe some of our fans will as uh, as well. But we're we're not. This isn't a secret to us, and we're, we're definitely used to it. Uh, watching good talent that is homegrown and been here for a long time move on uh, and onwards, and I think really more so Rashad Jones and Albert Wilson, who's a good guy and everything. He's only been with us a couple of seasons. Um, I think it, we owe it to Rashad Jones, and I would just like to see him join a team like Kansas City or Baltimore and go have a chance to um, win a Super Bowl and play deep into a playoff run because he just has not been able to do that here. And he has playing, played with uh, torn shoulders and injuries and been just an absolute stud leader for us uh, against the run, uh, pass rushing, and even against the pass. Just an all-around player for us. Hell of a talent, hell of a guy. But like you said, sometimes uh, where we're going and where his career's trajectory uh, aren't meeting, and that's okay to admit that. And if it's going to help us free up some cap space, we'll have to definitely, though, utilize it and bring those guys in uh, because we can be happy. Same thing with Minka Fitzpatrick. We got a first round pick, but we got to hit that pick now. Um, like period, end of story. So we get this money. We got to spend it wisely. We got to get talent in here that's going to help us get over the damn hump. No, I agree with you. And before we move on to number three there, which uh, Chris is going to chime in with what number three is on this plan. Think about Rashad Jones with the Baltimore Ravens. Eric Weddle just retired. I don't know if their skill sets completely match up, but Eric Weddle from the Baltimore Ravens is gone. They've always had a very, very good veteran safety back there. I think they currently have Earl Thomas, if not mistaken. They have Ed Reed in the past. I mean, that defense, the Baltimore Ravens were the number one seed for a reason, mostly because of Lamar Jackson, but that defense was filthy as well. You had somebody with Rashad Jones, his leadership, his ability, and just just his mentality to go with John Harbaugh and that coaching staff, and I think that's a home run. I think you hit it right on the head. The Chiefs probably don't need him. Baltimore Ravens, I think, could absolutely use him, especially with Eric Weddle retiring. Um, and he be, looks like a Raven, doesn't he? Does. He? Like, he, does. he looks like he would fit that mold um, completely. Like He would just look great in black and purple. Yeah, I agree. I think that's uh, he's almost miscast being in the, you know, the Miami Dolphins uniform all those years. Um, I don't know if he'd have any uh, um, want to go to the Atlanta Falcons and essentially, quote unquote, go home after going to the University of Georgia for all those years. The Falcons seem to be in somewhat of a weird rebuilding mode themselves. So that probably doesn't work. But I, I think him in Baltimore playing for the Ravens makes a heck of a lot of sense. Yeah, absolutely. Baltimore, I think that hardworking city, the AFC North, he just would fit that mold. If he could stay healthy, he would help them a ton. Absolutely. All right, Chris, we have number five. We have number four. So we're rebuilding the offensive line. We're letting go of uh, prized veterans like Albert Wilson and Rashad Jones. What is number three on our five point plan to make the Dolphins great again? Number three. 
Well, if we're getting rid of Rashad Jones and this hypothetical fantasy of ours for our uh, presidential uh, campaigning and how we're going to have a speech with any kind of presidential campaign, you're going to have to lay out a plan. So if you're going to get rid of a fan favorite like Rashad, Rashad Jones, you got to do the next best thing afterwards, and that's help whatever safety's coming in to replace them. And you do that with a pass rush. Sam, we have to get defensive ends that can pin their ears back and go get the quarterback too many times this past season. And I feel like recently, uh, other than Cam Wake, maybe we're just piecing together that defensive end position. We're tried with Charles Harris, tried with Andre Branch, tried with Robert Quinn. And it's just not, these are band-aids. We need somebody to come in here, hopefully two people to come in here. I don't know if it's Van Noy, if it's Clowney, or if it's in the draft, we have to stop missing on that vital position. You see it with the Chiefs and the 49ers two teams we just watched play in the Super Bowl. Great Super Bowl, by the way, a couple weeks ago. They have Bosa. They have the pass rush for the Chiefs. They have these guys that now they're going to look to have to try to pay these guys because they are making it happen. Um, the 49ers the last few years have gotten Bosa and Solomon and uh, Thomas and all these guys to rush from the outside and inside. You need that talent. We pass on TJ Watt for Charles Harris. Ugh. And uh, we're just not hitting at the position ever since Jason Taylor really left and Cam Wake lucked into us from the CFL. We have to get bona fide studs to rush the quarterback. Yeah, I mean, we've been tied. I've seen a lot of articles on ESPN, Sports Illustrated, and others about that uh, 26-year-old guy out of Jacksonville, Yannick Ngagugugu, Gagagugu, whatever his last name is. But he is an absolute stud. I mean, that guy's played like 65 games and he's got over 30 sacks, and he's 26 years old. He's going into his prime. It does not look like he's going to be with the Jacksonville Jaguars anymore. Um, And the Miami Dolphins based on what we're projecting here, are going to have close to, if not more, than $100 million in cap room. Mm. That's the type of money that you invest in a pass rush and a guy who's going into his prime in the NFL. I mean, that is where you spend your money. Defensive end, that is it. That's like one of those positions that, you know, maybe number two or number three on the list of people that you, you know, disproportionately spend money on. So I agree with you. I mean, we have the defensive tackles there with Christian Wilkins. We have the defensive tackle there with Devon Godchow. Taco Charlton was somebody who picked off the scrap heap from the Dallas Cowboys last year, and he led the team in sacks with five. Okay, I just want to say that again. He led the team in sacks with five. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Derek Thomas from the Kansas City Chiefs way back when once had six sacks in a game. So (laughs) Derek Thomas would have led the Miami Dolphins after one game game. with with that performance than the entire Miami Dolphins in 2019. That is one of the biggest areas of concern for the Miami Dolphins was pass rush. We were absolutely dead last in just about every metric you can imagine in terms of pass, rushing the passer, getting to the passer, hits, QB rushes, uh, hurries, sacks, of course. I mean, we were just awful. And you need to fix that quickly. And the way to do that, in my opinion... Sure, you could go to the draft, but I think this is a prime area where we can go out and go get some pass rushers through uh, free agency. I think that's the way to go. I love that plan as number three. So we've got a rebuilt offensive line through the draft and through free agency. We have more money coming back to the Miami Dolphins with our number four point, which is getting rid of veterans like Albert Wilson, Rashad Jones, and others. Number three, defensive ends, defensive ends, defensive ends. I love that. So far, we have got one ahead and rebuilt the trenches on both sides of the ball, which is a formula to win regardless of whatever offensive or defensive scheme you employ, in my opinion. It wins, it starts, and ends in the trenches there. I love that, Chris. Number two. Hey, and this. Sam, actually, yes. before you move on to number two, I'll help you out because I feel like we're going to get this guy from Jacksonville. I like him a lot. And we've had issues with guys we bring in with names you can't pronounce and things like that. But um, I, I've been home today and you know, I come home for lunch because I work so close to home and I watch a lot of good morning football and stuff. But um, actually his last name is pronounced Smith. 
Oh, well, there you go. So Yannick <laughs> Smith, defensive end out of Jacksonville Jaguars. It's just their spelling and their language thing. Yeah, it's, it's Smith. Yeah, I, you know what? I, I'm dyslexic, as everyone knows, as you read those things, those reviews from I, Apple, I, I, iTunes, iPodcast, whatever the hell they're called. It doesn't matter. As you can see right now, we don't do well with words or putting things out on time. So uh, Yannick Smith, that I believe that is a fantastic way um, to help rebuild the defensive line is to go get Yannick Smith and uh, maybe Njoku uh, Johnson on the other side, if that's a somebody, I don't know. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> number two. <laughs> All right, number two. I, I think this is an obvious one, um, and that's why we're not going to make it number one here because I think this is something that everybody knows needs to happen. Uh, there might be some debate as to how to make it happen and who is the right one to make it happen, but the Miami Dolphins have to. They absolutely have to go get their quarterback of the future. Okay, and that's going to happen in the draft. It's going to happen with the f- first time they pick, and that's the way it should be. Now, obviously, we've been tied to Tua Tagovailoa-Smith for as long as you can possibly <laughs> imagine over the last couple of years. Uh, he does have issues in terms of staying healthy, right? I mean, uh, ankles, hips, everything you can imagine. This guy seems to have bumps and bruises and some major, major injuries, but he did recently get cleared to uh, start football um, once again. It looks like he's probably about three weeks out from the time you're listening to this or from the time we're recording it anyways to resuming football activities. Tua seems to be the guy that the Miami Dolphins have circled on their calendar to have a 20-year affair with. Now, if it's not him, then you have to go get whoever it is that you need to go get. Okay, if you fall in love with Joe Burrow, then you go get Joe Burrow somehow. If you fall in love with Justin Herbert, then you trade back and you go get yourself Justin Herbert. You have to go identify the quarterback that you want and go get him is what I am saying. It doesn't matter. I don't want them to wait and say, well, we'd like three of these guys. Whoever falls to us is who we're going to get. No, that's loser mentality. We're not going to do that. That's used car salesmen. Oh, they walked onto the lot. I have a prospect. You got to go out there and prospect. You have to say, identify the person that you want and go get it. Now, if that means trading up to go get him, fine. If that means staying put because you know he's going to be there, fine. But you better go identify your guy and go get him. I don't want to hear anything about, well, there's a lot of talent out there after we draft somebody. We really couldn't go wrong either way. That tells me that you just waited for somebody to fall into your lap. That's not what I want. That's bullshit. We need to change that mentality. We have to go get that person. Now, me personally, I think that's Tua. I think you pair him with Ryan Fitzpatrick. You let Ryan Fitzpatrick actually start the season and then once that's time to move on or two of shows that he's healthy. You put two in about halfway through the season and you run from there because he's got so much talent that even if you put him in halfway through, he makes you that much better and gets you into the playoffs and gets you into the Super Bowl. But if it's not him, then you go get yourself another quarterback, whoever it is that you want. That's who they have to go get, Chris. Yeah, I've got a list here. Um, I actually prepared for the show, and QB was there with three exclamation points. Uh, so you know it's a big deal. Um, exclamation points are serious business. And quarterback is it, man. It's everything. Um, we have to get somebody in there young, talented, with leadership abilities that can move around the pocket and run because that is the new NFL, and that's where it's going. And we have to get somebody in there that the team, the fans, the ownership, the coaches are going to buy in and be all in with I'm so sick of like you know the, the GM like this guy but the coach like this guy or they're going to just band-aid it again and get a guy in the third round and draft line in the first no I agree with you completely you go get your guy and if your guy gets taken before you which 
Here's the thing, and what you said is completely right, Sam. If we have to go up and get somebody, whether it's Burrow or Tua, you do it because there's no excuse. We have clear and away uh, the most money available, the most draft picks, the most an- most ammunition to move up. And there's no one that's going to outbid us. So uh, that'd be bad for business if the Lions get uh, you know the Chargers calling saying they want to pick for them to not at least let us rebuttal. Like they oh, have they will. to, they're going to call us. So. If we don't move up and get our guy, it's not because we didn't have the abilities to do so. It's because they didn't want to. And if that's the case, like you said, Sam, this better work out. The guy they get better be the guy. And he better be the guy for a long time because this is just – I'm done talking about it. It's been uh, – is it Ryan Tannehill? Is it Chad Henney? Is it Pennington? It. We need to get a goddamn guy, put him in. He's it because Josh Allen is entrenched in Buffalo. Darnold is pretty much entrenched in New York. And we need to get our guy entrenched because we're behind the eight ball in our own division. When the Patriots inevitably fall this or next year, we need to be ready and have a guy in place. And if it's Tua, then do it. If he's healthy, if it's Herbert, God, please be the guy. And if it's Burrow, I feel good about him too. We have no room for error here when it comes to the first pick and quarterback because that's a position everybody needs. Once March hits, Chris, we'll have a really good sense as to where we're going. So as an example, I was reading an article today or yesterday about a guy named Jack Conklin. Now, I think you've heard the name. He is a right tackle. Uh, He's 26 years old, if I'm not mistaken. Um, He's going into his prime, and he's a right tackle. Now, Tua is left-handed, so the right tackle is more important than the left tackle in terms of covering the blind side. So if we go after somebody like Jack Conklin, if we go in and we beef up the right-hand side of the line, I think that tells us a lot early as to, all right, here's what we're doing. We're loading up on the right side with pass pass blocking uh, offensive tackles and guards and offensive linemen in general. That tells me they're targeting uh, somebody who's left-handed, and that would be Tua. Um, if they don't, that doesn't mean that they won't. It just means that uh, maybe they're leaving their options open because most quarterbacks are right-handed. Uh, but They have to go get their guy, whoever it is, and they're going to have to build around that quarterback, and they need to do that by building up an offensive line that can protect them, especially somebody who's injury-prone on some level, the way Tua is, if that's who they are going to get. I don't know who there is. You know, There's reports that they like Herbert a lot more than Tua, but we're into the silly season right now, Chris, where there's smoke screens coming left and right. We don't know know, (laughs) what the left hand is doing or what it even looks like anymore. You could be staring right at it, and somebody would tell you, well, that's a blue hand. You're like, that's just a flesh-colored hand. like, nope, that's blue. People are lying through their teeth just to cover their tracks so nobody really knows anything right now but I think based on some of the free agent acquisitions that the Miami Dolphins are going to go get prior to the draft will tell us a lot as to how we're setting up for that draft keep your eye on somebody like Jack Conklin from uh, point number five that you made a little bit earlier in this show Chris offensive tackles especially on the right hand side tells me that they are all in on Tua if in fact that's what happens yeah, and if you're all in on them, I mean, the, nothing said it more to me than, um, and I know you're not supposed to, and there's tampering and things like that, but look, just let's be real. I mean, you send a quick text to, to his dad, you're technically not breaking any rules. And when we saw that bowl game, Alabama and Michigan, uh, Stephen Ross, clearly a Michigan guy, however, is on Alabama's sideline during that bowl game, and Tua's right within maybe five feet of earshot. They weren't looking at each other, they weren't talking, but Greer and, and uh, Flores and and Ross were talking to Steve Sarkeesian, the uh, offensive coordinator there at Alabama, and you guarantee, I can guarantee you, 
Tua, who was standing five feet away on crutches, was the point of conversation. There's no way Stephen Ross is just hanging out on Alabama's sideline when he literally is a Michigan alum. So uh, the the smoke is there, but also I think the curiosity is there, and we want him to be healthy and be the yes. guy, but he has to just be healthy, and that's the, that's the thing that we can't control. That's the one thing about Tua specifically we can't control is if he's healthy. Like you said, this Herbert story just came out from Salguero. Uh, you know, there's more smoke this time of year than ever. Volkswagen at Woodstock. I mean, there's there's smoke everywhere. So you can't buy in to believe anything. The Twitter, you know, Dolphins universe is going crazy at each other right now. Sit back, relax, listen to our podcast when we come out with it again in six months, yep. and you know, enjoy this offseason process because we have so much ammunition. Uh, it's going to be fun. Well, and we have one more point on our five-point plan to make the Miami Dolphins Super Bowl champs again. But uh, in the interest of uh, clearing out the smoke, like you talked about, I do need to point out a couple of things. Uh, the guy Yannick Smith from the Jacksonville Jaguars is actually only 24, not 26. I screwed that up, so my mistake there. Uh, also, uh, there's an actual Yannick Smith professional football <laughs> soccer player, Chris, uh, yes. born in Hillsborough Township, New Jersey, five foot nine. His playing position is a forward. He is currently Currently, uh, a gym teacher at Montgomery High School in Skillman, New Jersey. So if we do want a Yannick Smith, uh, perhaps he could be a punter or a kicker uh, because he is available. He's five foot nine and he's still in his 20s. So Yannick Smith, come on down. You are the next contestant for the kicking position for the Miami Dolphins. But that aside, that is not our number one <laughs> thought here, Chris. I just thought I'd look that up because we said Yannick Smith and I said, hey, somebody out there is going to be creative and look up Yannick Smith. I did that for you. So you're welcome, citizens. All right, Chris, we've talked about rebuilding the offensive line. We've talked about letting go of old veterans. We've talked about um, rebuilding and getting defensive ends in here who can rush the passer, something that we severely lacked in 2019. And we are demanding that we get ourselves our future quarterback. What is left? What is left for the Miami Dolphins? What else is needed in our five-point plan? The last point, point number one, what is of utmost importance for the Miami Dolphins to once again Hold up the Vince Lombardi trophy at the end of the 2020 season. Number one. I think for me, Sam, it's so easy to pinpoint a position. I can say corner. I can say running back. Um, but we saw a perfect example of someone like Derrick Henry, who led the league in rushing, uh, not make it to the AFC championship. Uh, or I'm sorry, the Super Bowl. Meanwhile, the Tennessee Titans. I'm sorry. Let's. Meanwhile, the Chiefs are winning the Super Bowl with a former Miami Dolphin cast-off. Damian Williams is their star running back. So there's really a diamond dozen when it comes to that. You can argue till you're blue in the face when it comes to that position. What I want to see this offseason and moving forward, Sam, is bringing in the guys, the right guys that fit Flores and Greer and Ross and the Miami organization to where we build an actual reputation where you can look at someone like Baltimore, like we did earlier in this episode, and we like, he looked like a Baltimore guy. How, how do we even know what that is? How do we quantify what that is? They have made it to where John Harbaugh is bringing in the guys and has yeah. the team that you can see that painted on the wall without even having to describe it. You know what being a Baltimore guy is. Same with Pittsburgh, you know, the hard nose the type of deal. You know, you know what kind of player they're going to want to put on their team, and they get there and they buy in, and it's there. And if Flores started that, and he earned the respect of the locker room. And if we can get our quarterback that we want without uh, sacrificing you know, a completely winless season and we won five games, that's the kind of jumpstart there that you're looking for from the locker room that didn't quit on Flores. Now bring in talent that buys in as well, not just Nick Needham and like these random guys, Parker on defense you never heard of. You get guys in here, like maybe a Van Noy or Smith from Jacksonville, but you get these guys – 
young veterans that are willing to buy in and and get there mixed with the rookies that you just got to build that culture. We need to create what is it to be a Miami Dolphins football player. And we need to do something to change it being a laughing stock. And, um, you know, I'm watching Good Morning Football on these football channels. And they're like, what team could make the turnaround like the 49ers that won four games last year and now they're in the Super Bowl? And they list these teams that are terrible and they just picked every team but us. Like they just didn't even want to talk about us. And we need to just change that culture, that narrative. We had it in the early 2000s when we had that stomp defense. We knew we were a hard-nosed defensive team. We haven't had anything since then. So we need to change that. We need to just build a culture of Miami Dolphins football. Uh, there it is. I mean, I, I think that culture has changed. I think Brian Flores um, spent a good part of last season being questioned. Uh, Chris Greer spent a good part of last season being questioned. Um, Tom Garfinkel spent a good lot, a lot amount of time um, being questioned. Stephen Ross as well. And they stood by their guns. They had a plan. It's a plan that they knew of the day that they got rid of Adam Gase. Uh, it, it was all around. We're rebuilding. Even though they didn't want to say it, the answer was we're rebuilding. And they did that, right? They got rid of a lot of dead weight. They got rid of a lot of people who did not fit the culture for Brian Flores, Chris Greer, Stephen Ross, and Tom Garfinkel, and they got people in here that want to play. They won five games when everyone said they were going to win none. Uh, When pundits like Steve Young, Hall of Fame quarterback, said this needs to be investigated because this is dangerous, even though it's bullshit, that's what was out there at the early part of the season. And you look at the first week against the Baltimore Ravens, you look at the second week against the New England Patriots, and it was hard to see anything but what was actually out there with regards to that narrative. But they came together, they galvanized, they figured out, you know what? what we have a lot of pride here we want to win we want to be good we're sick of this we're actually going to go out there and they won five of the last nine games they had a winning record over the last nine games which even people that were going into the playoffs that went into the playoffs didn't have as good as record as the Miami Dolphins down the tail end of the season when was the last time that the Miami Dolphins finished a season strong it's usually they start off really really well because of the heat and humidity down Miami and then they lose uh, all that momentum and either squeak into the playoffs back in or don't make it at all in this case yeah granted they only won five games all year but they started so poorly and then after about week three they started getting competitive and then they started having a lead and then they let a couple of them slip away because they were learning the process they're figuring out what it was like to be a football team and how to win games and they got there so I think when you look at all of that Chris when you when you look at what you're talking about it's a continuation of something that they started last season I think they're a little bit ahead of schedule when it comes to changing that culture I think that culture has been changed or is in the process of changing um, but what they really need in my opinion is they need that talent. They need talent that buys into that culture, which is really what we're talking about, right? Getting rid of old talent, expensive talent that doesn't need to be here anymore and bringing in new talent at specific positions, having specific players that you and I brought up on this episode here to fit that culture, to buy into what the coaches are coaching, to play next to the players that are playing and to just be a part of this organization and, you know, the Dolphins in general, uh, whether you're with the Miami Dolphins in a professional environment or just as a fan watching them, we need talent to buy in from outside of the organization. So we've been developing people like Nick Needham, like you'd mentioned, like Stephen Parker on the uh, defensive side of the ball, like Devontae Parker. I mean, talk about that reclamation project and how well he did after four or five years of just being trashed by everyone, including everyone on this podcast podcast he turned around completely bought into what brian flores is selling and now he is uh basically a cornerstone for this team on both sides of the ball really i mean he's our guy um 
so we need not only to continue that culture, but we need people from outside to buy in, uh, whether that's free agency, whether that's trades, whether that's, you know, rookies that are being drafted early on day one and day two of the NFL draft. That's what we need. We need the talent to now match that culture. We can't go get somebody, and I love him, but I'm going to say Ndamukong Su, who really didn't care. He was not a culture fit at any level. He was here as a headhunter. He was here as somebody who just wanted to come in, collect his paycheck, you know, make his personal brand brand be bigger and he didn't really care about anything else. I mean, that's what that's what Ndamukong Su was doing for the Miami Dolphins. That's what Ndamukong Su has been doing for his entire career. We don't need that. We need people like Christian Wilkins, right? We need yes. people that are happy to be here. People that are literally jumping and knocking Roger Goodell in the next week after he's been drafted by a team that everyone says will win zero games. We need somebody who's out there scoring touchdowns for a losing team as a defensive tackle running in and then talking shit to the star <laughs> tight end who's also buying in saying we both got our first touchdown the same year. I mean, that's the kind of guy you need. You need more Christian Wilkins and Devon Godshows and less Ndamukong Sue's, in my opinion. So you need culture fit. As much talent as Ndamukong Sue had in that scenario, he wasn't a culture fit. You need people that are talented and will fit the culture. So that's what they need to do when they're assessing all of the players that they want to bring in. Uh, is they need to say, how do they fit with the people that are already here with what we're trying to build? I agree with you there. Yeah, I mean, that's it, man. That's it right there. You saying that about Christian Wilkins gave me chills. Uh, you know, that is a guy that you need. And, and you explained it perfectly. If you can um, actually put into uh, visuals, so what we are looking for is that guy getting drafted by the Miami Dolphins where, um, like you said, we're picked to be terrible. We have this new coach. Who knows what's going to be? And he's like, hell yeah, it's my chance to go make this team better. Um, and that's what you want. You want guys to come in there that are going to want to be a part of something, be a part of the turnaround of this franchise, a once great, proud franchise where people would be like, oh, yeah, the Miami Dolphins are kings of the 70s with the Steelers. And now it's like, you know, we don't even have a pro bowler. And we we don't draft. None of our guys are getting drafted in a fantasy draft. Like it's bad. It's really bad. And we need to change that culture. Uh, living outside of the state of Florida, Sam, as you do and I do as well. When people when football gets brought up in normal conversations, when I'm at work or at, in the grocery store, and they're like, "Oh, who's your team? The Panthers?" I'm like, "Absolutely not. I want to slap you." But it's the uh, it's the Miami Dolphins. Ooh, you know, immediately is that response. Ooh, really? Geez, like you know, you can switch teams. I actually had that this weekend, Sam. And I know we're wrapping up. I took my truck for uh, for repairs. I'm in oil change and I'm wearing a, a Dolphins hoodie and the guy goes, all right, your truck's ready. And he goes, uh, now let's work on doing something about that team. And, and, and like, we was talking about the Dolphins. I'm like, dude, if I'm wearing a Dolphins hoodie and I'm a fan of theirs now, like, why would I ever change? Like, obviously I'm a fan until the end. Like you, you act like you can just like pick and choose. And that's why I can't stand some of the football fans in, in this area. But seriously, that's it, man. I just want to stop the whole Ugh, when you hear or think about the Miami Dolphins, I want now to be like, oh, that's a place I want to go play for. And not just because I have money and no state income taxes, but because I want to be a part of something special. And that's just what it is, man. You know what I get? I get a little, how are you a Dolphins fan or why are you a Dolphins fan? And I want to be able to be, oh, I'm a Dolphins fan. And people go, oh, well, we, we totally understand why. They've been dominant over the last 30 or 40 years, uh, or at least three to four years, I would take. And I think if they follow this plan, Chris, if they follow the plan that you and I as co-presidents of the Miami Dolphins and of all the citizens of Perfectville, the plan that we just laid out, which is to continue to gain assets on the offensive line, which is to shed those expensive old contracts of expensive old players, uh, get yourself pass rushers on the 
defensive end and outside linebacker spots uh, to go get yourself your franchise quarterback immediately in the draft and then to continue to bring other talent in at other positions that fit the culture that also have talent, above average talent. If they do those things, if they do those and they can do all of those in one offseason, this team will not only be a playoff team next year, they will be a Super Bowl contender. We have made the Miami Dolphins great again, Chris, with that five-point plan that we just laid out. We're the best podcast. Our podcast is huge. We're amazing. We're, we're the best podcast. We're, we're, there's no one better. That was a terrible it's, Trump uh, impersonation. Uh, no, it's not because everyone knows exactly what you were doing. So uh, <laughs> I, I think it's fine. At first, I thought it was Napoleon Dynamite. Not going to lie. And then it turned into Donald Trump. And I'm like, oh, he's doing Donald Trump. And because this is President's Day, uh, because we're talking about the Miami Dolphins, I just posted a picture of myself on Twitter, which you can follow us at perfectvillepod.com uh, or no not.com per, at perfectvillepod on Twitter uh, I'm wearing a United States flag tank top with a Miami Dolphins hat uh, that is the official suit of the presidents of the Miami Dolphins with your two-time Hall of Famer Christopher Cullen Ooh. and myself Sam Marku uh, Chris anything else you want to say before you know what I, before I get to the end here uh, because this is part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network and the Big Heads Media podcast network uh, we want to hear from you we want to hear from the citizens of Perfectville we gave you our five points what are your five points you know what don't give us five because you guys aren't that smart give us three <laughs> points give us three points of how you would make the Miami Dolphins better because uh, there's plenty of things out there that we did not touch on that maybe maybe would have been our sixth point our seventh point our eighth point there are other points out there other ways to make the Miami Dolphins better I think our is the best way, but there are other ways to do it. Let us know. You can tweet us at Perfectville Pod, at Perfectville Chris. You can also email us at PerfectvillePodcast at gmail.com. You can find our entire catalog of shows at Welcome to Perfectville.com. Uh, Chris, anything else you want to say before we end this presidential address on this episode of Perfectville? Yeah, if fans want to hear more, you can always visit the two-time Hall of Famer, ChrisCullen.com, and see my, see my plan of action. There you go. This message is approved. By both Sam Marcu and the two-time, yes, two-time Hall of Famer, Chris Cullen. You can find him at chriscullen.com. Uh, don't actually go there. I don't, I don't, I, there. That might be porn or something. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I wouldn't actually go I hope there. It is. I'm totally I hope joking. It is. Yeah, if, you, if anybody's Please. watched any of the campaign uh, debates, that's the, they always end with like you know shouting out their own website. So yeah, sure. somebody go to chriscullen.com and, and report back to us what it is. I, I must know. I'm not going there because I don't have my malware uh, software uh, uh, up to date. But somebody else can go there and let us know what it is. Uh, all right, there. Well, on behalf of Chris, the two time yes, two time. Hall of Famer. Uh, anything else you want to say? That's it, bud. Well, uh, DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network, Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Only thing, le- thing left to say is goodbye from Perfectville. Later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.